If you're a real estate agent and you're tired of cold calling, door knocking, and spending money on ads, then subscribe to this podcast. We discuss leveraging the power of YouTube for your real estate business and how these strategies earned us over $1 million in GCI our first year in real estate. My name is Lee Bilasic and my partner is Travis Plum. Let's get started. Well, let's get started and this is Passive Prospecting YouTube for Real Estate and today we're talking about uh, why does your channel suck? <laughs> if it sucks, maybe it doesn't, uh, but we want to kind of talk about some things that are holding back some some channels and, and uh, as far as overall and then of course if you have any questions then feel free to throw them in the chat and we can jump to those. I think, uh, did we have questions left over from last week or am I just imagining? I don't we... think so. I think we answered all the questions from okay. last week. Maybe that was a couple of weeks ago. All right. So uh, let's see. There's some updates. Uh, you know, I would say that would probably be number one if we would just want to jump right into it and say, you know, why does your why does your channel stink? <laughs> what does it suck? Well, I mean, the thing is, is that updates are happening, you know, not as often as they happen on other platforms. I would say with YouTube, I, that, that's one of the things I really do like about YouTube is they don't update every week, it seems like, as to where, you know, these other platforms, especially Instagram and, and uh, I, I guess mainly Instagram, because I mainly live on that platform other than YouTube. And I still have not gotten anywhere close to understanding Instagram just because I'm always hearing of changes. It seems like every other every other week. And I think the recent update now was that, well, yeah, reels suck lately, but uh, just hang in there and we're going to reward the people that have continually made content even during uh, the sucky times, which we've noticed on our reels, uh, you know, probably six months ago, I was getting massive reach, um, really doing well. And then it just, and I'm talking anywhere from averaging like five to 30,000 views a reel. And then it goes down to nothing. You know, I'm like, I'm excited if I break a thousand views now. And, and, uh, it's like, all right, sweet. Um, you know, had some reels that we collabed on with Ryan Pineda recently that have done really well. But of course that was piggybacking off of his audience mostly, although I, you know, checked out his Instagram and some of our reels performed uh, the best out of his recent batch as well. So, uh, you know, and he's got three, four hundred thousand uh, followers and, and still it's interesting to see some of his reels do like five or six thousand or something like that. You just it's the the subscriber or the follower count is well out of proportion with with views on reels and and um I don't know. I think we got up to, I think our highest reel before was about 60,000 views, which is great. Um, and it's like, all right, really, really cool. And then all of a sudden just completely died off. And, you know, that's just Instagram constantly changing. And now, you know, now they're, they're going away from pictures. Now they're going back to pictures. And, you know, they, they came out with this whole thing about being a video moving to a video only platform or video first. And I think that's where we saw the biggest uptick in reels during that time was when they made that announcement. Now it's like, okay, now we're going back to carousels or pictures. That's kind of, it's just a lot of back and forth. And again, I can't really uh, get anybody to tell me exactly how to work with the algorithm, you know, they could say, they could say, Hey, look, even, even like the creating content, the way we do, I always go, okay, if we create it in this format 
and maybe we just got to get better on content over there I, I suppose and maybe that's that's what it is uh, maybe we're too niched uh, maybe too niched into real estate I'm not sure but I doubt that um, but we'll see we'll see I don't know we'll, we'll focus on that but you know with with YouTube not a lot of changes um, as consistently as the other platforms so number one you know if you're wondering what's going on and you're not adapting with the platform and understanding what's changing what's updating and I'll say for example uh, recently is the banner you know they changed up the banner where before uh, we used to have a link uh, you know where we on our right hand side of our banner we had it embedded in there it was just uh, because that's where they had the the links and we would have a little call to action which was meet us on or meet us in person on zoom now they change that and if you haven't updated that on your banner then you know if you have something similar to that then it's gonna look strange right it's gonna say meet us and if you have an arrow or anything like that or click this link or you're directing traffic right there and you haven't made that change it's confusing I don't think it looks professional either uh, which reminds me, I think that has not been changed on our uh, our passive prospecting YouTube channel. So we still need to do that. We updated the Living in Dallas uh, Texas channel, but they moved that link right to the center, right below uh, where the first line or two of the description of your about section of the channel moves. So, you know, also you want to make sure that you have something there which now to the advantage of this is that before those links were not visible on mobile but now that link being moved right to the center is visible on mobile so that is essentially could be the very first call to action somebody's going to see when they go to your channel and if it's uh, a strange link there which they're displaying that link so if it's not name something and what I would highly recommend is you put that link <coughs> into bit.ly bit.ly I believe that's the website uh, let me see oh no it's just bit.ly.com bitly.com that would be something there's other websites but that's just the one we use uh, it's a link shortener but also it gives you trackable access to that link so we're gonna change it to a bit.ly link so that at least we can track clicks to that um, you know to that link so that we know what type of traction what type of uh, traffic we're getting over there to that link so you know if you haven't updated your banner and if you haven't updated your about section in the description area to change to a call to action which we did we made that uh, you know moving to Dallas Texas let's chat arrows pointing down uh, which should draw eyes right to that link right there but also on the description in the about section we you know uh, returned you could say or entered the next paragraph right below that so that moving to Dallas Texas let's chat is the only thing that is visible uh, on the profile right at the top and it's just something that uh, is a very you know relatively simple change now uh, from there we did add our phone number and a QR code on the right hand side and that's something that we have talked about in the past as far as trying not to be too salesy and you know putting phone number email contact information all that all over the banner we want that banner to really reflect some some value driven real estate you could say uh, but on that right hand side now this on the right hand side that's only visible on uh, desktop or mobile and we get a significant amount of traffic from 
or I mean on, on TV and desktop. So that, that right-hand side. Now we get a significant amount of traffic. Let me look over here real quick. I just had the most recent stats. TV, computer, and, and tablet. So that's 55% of our traffic, you know, coming from those, uh, those scenarios. So they'll see that. And if they're on a computer or the TV, then if they see that, that QR code, well, that's got, uh, that means their phone is likely available. <laughs> if their phone is available, then they can simply pull that phone up and take a quick scan of that QR code. Uh, which, by the way, Chrissy, I think we just put that up there, what, a day or so ago? And do we, yeah. do we, have, any, uh, do we have any scans so far? I haven't checked. I'll go check today, though. Um, so it'd be interesting. So, you know, anytime we post a QR code as well, that's a trackable link on top of that. So we will know how many scans we get there versus how many clicks we get to uh, the link in the description slashed right there on top of the profile. So number one is, is kind of staying up to date, at least trying to be in the know. And I'm not saying you've got to become the YouTube professor and you've got to become the YouTube expert although i think you know you, that's definitely somewhere you want to work towards that is becoming better and better as you can now does that mean you have to be completely obsessed with youtube i don't think so i think you have to really uh, absorb as much knowledge as possible as quickly as can and then what happens is is it's a lot easier to stay up to date on these types of situations versus uh, you know trying to just piece it all together as you go along so the thing is is that um, when these updates come out, it makes it a lot easier to implement and make those changes whenever you're already pretty much up to speed. So that that allowed us to make some changes on the banner. Uh, we did place the phone number underneath the QR code as well. Just curious to see if that may drive uh, a few additional phone calls and you know we'll find out. And that's the other thing again, they're only going to see that if they're on TV or or desktop which means their phone should be free. So if it's the path of least resistance for them to just pick up and dial the phone or scan the QR code, then we'll kind of get an idea of which, um, which one is working better. Allow me to take a quick break to remind you that we have very important links in the description below. If you want the full story of how we closed over 1 million in commissions our first year and over 2.3 million in commissions our second year, check out the first link. Also, you have the link to our number one Amazon best-selling book, Passive Prospecting. Last, if you enjoy this podcast and you're a giving person, leave a five-star review, please. Now back to the episode. Uh, or And then the link in the description, which that link in the description now... Uh, when it was on the banner, that was our number one clicked link. It's still performing significantly there in that position. Um, but, you know, clicks are one thing. Clicks are clicks. Uh, I'm looking for booked appointments. I know we've had, we got one yesterday, we had one today. You know, for Zoom calls, uh, again, a lot lower than what we like to see and what we're used to as far as Zoom calls. But again, if you were getting one per day, would that be worth it for the YouTube channel, especially in this market with over 7% interest rates? I mean, it's it's really, uh, it's crazy uh, to still do the amount of business that we're doing with over 7% interest rates. And this is something that I've talked about recently uh, as I've been speaking. I just got back from uh, we're Vancouver 
uh, where I spoke in Vancouver. I actually leave again tomorrow going to Calgary to speak in Calgary. Uh, so I've never been to Canada before in my whole life, and now I'm going there twice within two weeks. So uh, pretty cool. Vancouver, and we went to Victoria for the day. Um, beautiful, beautiful areas. The air is really nice and clean and crisp up there. That's what I will say. Uh, Calgary, looking forward to that. Never been there. Um, gonna Gonna hang the weekend, do some hiking there as well. So looking forward to that. But something that I've been speaking about recently and just sharing stats because, of course, we had great 2021 stats. We had great 2022 stats. Uh, but what's happening in 2023? I mean, that's what people are wondering because this is a, a interesting market. And so what I've been sharing is that, well, look, our lead count is down. It is. The lead, the lead count is down, but at the same time, and I mean actual leads, we're, we're only counting real estate uh, buyers or sellers. We don't count apartment leads anymore uh, unless we convert them. If we convert them into a buyer or seller, we'll add that as a lead. But otherwise, we're only counting buyer and seller uh, leads. And, and uh, so, you know, through, the, through August, we could say, uh, 486 leads. So that's, that's about two per day we've been averaging. Again, not as great as last year, but last year was 3% interest rates for the first six, seven, eight months of the year. Uh, it's a different ball game. I mean, and when we saw interest rates double in the back half of the year, we saw lead flow go down. But we still, you know, finished out over 86.1 million in volume for last year. Now this year, leads down but conversion is up we're running at 11 and a half percent conversion this year so far and have already closed right at 35 million in production um, just from youtube through august so that's just over a million in gci and yes not as uh, are we on track to do what we did last year nope unless for some miracle rates come down and i do believe that uh, we're seeing lead count really kind of co coincide with with interest rates. So, you know, uh, we're, that would pace us. Let me see if I did a uh, quick math on that and said uh, $35 million. Let's just do the quick math. Divided by 8 times 12. 52.5, yeah, so 52.5, we could be pacing around 52.5 million in production from YouTube, which, hey, not bad. I'll take that from a single lead source. You know, that's one thing um, the, the naysayers, <laughs> they may say, well, yep, well, you're down. Well, guess what? I, I haven't met too many people. Actually, most everybody I know is down. And if you look at transactions across the board, uh, period they're down and so really by default if there's 30 on average 30 percent they can say it's anywhere from 20 to 50 percent depending on your market but let's say on average 30 percent down in transactions across the board you're down by default uh you know so yeah 50 uh let's see if i do the quick math on that we did uh 86 so if i say 52.5 million uh divided by 86.1 million yeah I mean that's what we had see too around um, that would be right at 
a difference of around, yeah, close to 30, 30% or so and um, would be down. So we're, we're down by that transaction count by default because of the market, because of the interest rates. But conversion is up. So we know that the people that are calling us are very serious and they are making moves. And we know people are doing that in the tune of um, 35 million so far this year, which is I will, I'll take it. I, I will take that. <laughs> I'll say, look, uh, we've done with that. We've done a little bit more than that with our other lead sources and referrals. But, you know, and that's why we wanted to uh, expand that as well. So, you know, I don't want to say that YouTube should be your only focus. I believe that once you uh, if you've established YouTube as your primary lead source, well, then you do want to diversify in some form or fashion. And that is either you become a master at uh, referrals, uh, you know, past clients, you start working that whole deal. But also, I think LSAs, local service ads through Google is a good option to add in just because that is search based. And, and so if you can kind of link and give yourself more opportunity to be searched from a, that that standpoint. I think that's worth worthwhile and you only get charged for the leads that are actually good. You can dispute leads so that can become very cost effective. Um, you know, there's other way. I mean, open houses, uh, we get leads from open houses, of course, our listings. So once that you start developing more of your business, if it majority is coming through YouTube, you want to make sure you're still maximizing these other avenues because something happens like this where transactions go down across the board then you really want to be prepared for that and have some alternatives to help uh, you know bring you back to where you were so you know if we can do the same amount of business which we're about on pace to do that um, from last year total uh, so total we did uh, just over 97 million you know and so if we're on pace with that with our other lead sources then then uh, we i would say that's that's successful. I think we're, we're actually trending slightly lower than that. But still, if we could get close to what we did last year, especially the way things have gone from last year to this year, then I would say that would be a huge win. But otherwise, uh, spending time at these conferences, I'm talking to some of the best agents in the business, you know, and the really, really good ones. I mean, they, they are uh, doing well and matching or even exceeding their expectations from last year. But but most everybody is down and you know we're still learning and growing and, and building our business and so uh, a lot of these teams that are 10 15 years in that really have their finger on the market regardless i mean they're the ones winning these uh these bigger teams capturing more of that market share but they've also got bigger budgets to work with um, more diversity of lead sources uh, more agents so a lot of things play in there but otherwise to get back to that, uh, you know, it would be to really focus on uh, understanding or staying on top of updates and implementing those in a timely manner. So if you're not doing that, this is uh, something that can throw your channel a little bit off. You know, is that going to kill your uh, lead flow? Three days leading. Is that going to kill your lead flow? Well, hopefully not. But at the same time, you know, we want to maintain a level of professionalism and a good look for our channel at all times. So it's something that we want to uh, focus on as far as making sure that we do stay up to date on these types of things, uh, what's going on. And so I know they've got some other uh, updates coming out. Uh, we're going to be covering a lot of this uh, next week as well. Uh, some of these major updates that that we're going to be seeing in our two day in our two day backstage pass. So that oh actually Chrissy can you pin that link up at the top 
that would be helpful. Yes. And um, so we're going to be doing a two-day virtual event. And if you're listening to this after next week, which is the third week of September, uh, it looks like we're planning for one in October as well. So uh, if you're listening to this and it's in October, then then you might have that same opportunity. But otherwise, we um, uh, there's a lot going on there. So staying up to date with that, we covered a couple of updates um, a couple of weeks ago on our live training as well. And that would be number one, staying up to date. But number actually number two, which really could be number one uh, out of everything, is is going to be the consistency. You know, this is something that is just talked about over and over and over again. And it's all I see across pretty much any successful person is the the amount of consistency and the fact that they didn't quit or give up. You know, one thing I know for sure is that if you quit or give up, you will never know. You will never know if you were going to be successful or if it was going to work out. I mean, think of how many people out there have just kept going and you know what some may have become successful in six months some 12 18 24 36 4 5 6 years i mean think about some of the agents you know that really didn't hit their stride until year three or four uh, but they stuck with that and i hear these stories all the time especially these conferences i'm at and i'm listening to other speakers i mean they went through a lot more uh trying times than what i went through i mean the thing was is that I just uh, developed a plan and then got into real estate versus where most people get into real estate and then try to develop a plan. And so uh, I did not want to be a victim within the first couple of years. I knew those stats. I have plenty of real estate friends that, that are in the business and for quite some time I always hear them talking about it. I watched and observed, saw how hard they worked in the first few years as well. So I just wanted to take a different approach. I wanted to say, hey, could I figure out a plan and and then that would give me confidence to get into real estate. Now, did I know it was going to work? No, but I, I had no clue what was going to happen or if it was going to work. I just decided I'm going to give it at least a year and, and just work on doing that and staying consistent. I developed um, my, my plan as far as what did I want to publish, how often did I want to publish, when to publish. I mean, so developing that business plan up front, which, you know, I love to say if you treat YouTube like a hobby, it'll pay you like a hobby. If you treat it like a business, it'll pay you like a business. And developing a business plan for a platform you're about to create content for, I think, is a good thing. Again, I'm not in favor of analysis paralysis. And, uh, you know, uh, it has to be perfect before you publish. That's I don't believe in that, but I also believe that you do need a good solid plan to understand what you're doing and more importantly, why you're doing what you're doing. You know, for me, there there really wasn't any other options on the table. Other than that, it was to move to Belize and sell tacos on the beach, uh, which is still not a bad idea. And I'm, I still consider that <laughs> every day on a regular basis sometimes, uh, you know, especially, yeah, I, it's, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot we're dealing with right now. And uh, every time, you know, to, to do the amount of traveling that's going on and speaking, I mean, it's something that I just always want to try to do the best I can for the audience, for the people that are there, for the event promoters, the people that are doing that. And, and uh, so it's a lot, it's a lot to try to maintain the business while on the road and create content and to prepare 
talking points and presentations and, and speaking opportunities and, and you know, you're given a certain amount of time, time limits, time, time constraints, uh, you know, so you're always adjusting your message and, and it's, but it's good, you know, I like it. I, I like it, but at the same time, it's a lot, it's a lot going on. So I have to make sure that I have the right systems and processes in place, which uh, that could be uh, number three, as far as uh, why your channel <laughs> sucks is because if you don't have that plan in place, uh, which really chicken or the egg, right? Plan versus consistency. But, you know, maybe plan becomes number two, consistency number three, but consistency could be number one. But <laughs> I mean, there's there's just a, you could you could interchange these as much as possible. I mean, I'm not saying they're set in stone, but, you know, uh, having that plan in place really can provide you a lot of clarity in the beginning, uh, because when we start out something new, there there's no guarantees. I mean, there's really no guarantees at any time. But especially starting out, we don't have much to work on. We don't have much to go off of. So we're we're just kind of shooting in the dark. Now, if we have an established plan, uh, you know, and we know the direction we're heading, it's a lot easier to stay on course. And you know, because if you don't, any time there's a distraction. Uh, you get sidetracked, it's very easy to pull you off course. So if you don't have a true understanding of what you're doing and why you're doing it, which the why could definitely be a lot more important, then then you could get pulled off of that. And it's easy for excuses to creep in at that time as well. If you don't have um, your parameters, your guidelines, your uh, barriers, whatever it is you want, you know, you, you, all that established. Um, so you know exactly what you're doing and why you're working towards that. It's going to be very easy to get distracted. And if you get distracted, then, then you can get pulled off course very easily. And then once you get pulled off course a little bit, you can start to make some excuses. And if you start to make those excuses, then that can compound. You know, we talk about compounding time uh, quite a bit here as far as that's one of my favorite concepts of YouTube is, is compounding time. And guess what? Excuses compound as well. And if you make one little excuse and then that leads to the next little excuse, and guess what? They turn into multiple big time excuses. <laughs> and so that can just pull you further and further apart, especially if you don't have a plan or something to get back on course or some direction to move back to. And the thing is, is that uh, maybe moving into the next category is trying to be perfect. You know, that's the other thing. Trying to be perfect is, is not going to get you anywhere, really. I mean, you can strive for perfection. I think that's something different. I think Vince Lombardi talked about that quite a bit, is the constant pursuit of perfection. Uh, you know, and that's something that I think uh, what he was renowned for was just those types of conversations he had with his team is that, look, uh, we're not going to be perfect, but I tell you what, we are going to uh, pursue perfection at all cost. You know, it was just that, that constant pursuit uh, of trying to be the best you could be at the game that you played for them. It was football for us. You know, that game is YouTube. The game is real estate, really. So if we want to be the best we can be, it's a it's a constant pursuit and at the same time it's never going to be perfect and so we're going to have to publish uh, even whenever 
we don't think so now. Look, could there be a revision or two? Sure. Yeah, maybe you see something that is glaring, uh, you know, a big mistake that you made or maybe an editor or something, which it's going to happen. Well, yeah, of course, you're going to make a little revision and, and whatnot, but otherwise trying to re-record or go back or, or do everything absolutely over again or starting 35 different times uh, when you do hit record. I mean, all of that is just really uh, counterintuitive. It's going to hold you back. It's going to create frustration. You know, I was talking with somebody the other day and they told me their first video took <laughs> like 35 takes for them to get started. And I'm just like, okay, uh, that should never happen. You should have been able to nail at least a sentence or two. Well, you can capture that. You can edit and keep that portion and then just kind of move on from there. You might have to have a little bit more cuts at the beginning or piece some things together, but at the same time, trying to start over and talking for five minutes or 10 minutes to perfection, which funny thing was, that's what really held Travis up in the beginning is, you know, he would watch an edited video of mine for 20 minutes and think that, that he would have to talk for 20 minutes straight. If he had to talk for 20 minutes straight, then, then you know, he could, it took him forever to, ever, to get through a video, especially if you mess up at like minute 15 or 16. I mean, how frustrating is that? And that's what happened. I, I wasn't observing him when he started to make some videos at home. And, you know, after a couple of days or a week, I'm like, hey, are, did you ever finish that video? Are you working on a video? And like no man had to you know start over and i was like what are you talking about and that's what would happen is he would think he'd have to record a 15 or 20 minute video in one take and that's just not the case um it's not the case at all so you know perfection or uh trying to achieve perfection before publishing is going to hold you back it's going to keep you from ever um, taking that step forward i mean it was funny i was listening to a little bit of this uh, Gary V and Ryan Serhant conversation yesterday. And I guess they did a, a training or a podcast. Uh, anyways, a friend of mine sent it to me. So I was like, all right, I'll check it out, listen to it for a little bit. And it's funny because Gary V said, you have to fall in love with micro losing if you want to macro win. And I just thought that was really kind of a, a very good point. You have to fall in love with micro losing if you want a macro win, which means, uh, and as he mentioned, he, he loses every day on, on, on a lot of things. You know, this goes wrong, that breaks, uh, this happens, that happens, this person did that, uh, he did this, you know, somebody, and I was thinking about that this morning, you know, we've got a few things we're working on and sometimes it feels like there's no progress, even though the progress is getting made. And sometimes it feels like a series of failures that lead up to this big success. And it's just interesting how uh, he framed that up. It just made sense to me. And I'm like, okay, yep, you know what? And that's where we get frustrated on a day-to-day -day basis is the micro losing, you know, the, the micro setbacks. And, and really, whenever you're looking at the big picture and you have your eyes on the prize and you're working towards a goal and you understand your why and exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it and what's the next step, then those little losses really kind of are more like learnings. It's almost like micro learning is what's it's what's going to get you to the macro win. So I do like the word learning a lot more than losing. Uh, some people like Gary V thrives on the word losing, right? <laughs> That's why he loves the Jets so much. Now, uh, of course, 
it's just it's one of those things where uh, I like to call it learnings. Okay, we did this incorrectly. Uh, we could do this differently. We could uh, do this better next time. All right, that's great. You know, it's uh, we're working on this two-day event coming up next week. I haven't done one before. So guess what? <laughs> Going to be my first time. Is it, uh, in, is it challenging? Yes. Is it frustrating? Yes. Is it exciting? Yes. Is it challenging? Yes. So it's all those things. Have we had some setbacks? Yeah, leading up to that. Yeah, actually, we've been working on it for almost two months now, really. I mean, the idea and the conversation has been there maybe a little bit longer, longer but whenever we finally said, you know what? Are we just going to talk about this or are we going to do it? And it's when you decide that you're going to do it that everything else just kind of starts to fall into place. And so two months ago, we said, okay, we're going to do it. Let's set it for end of uh, August. I mean, that's really the <laughs> that was the first idea. Okay, let's just knock this out in 30 days. Well, after about the first week, I was like, nope, we're, we're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> we're not doing that. I'm not going to... Uh, it's not going to be perfect, but we're also not going to launch half-ass either. Okay, so that's this is something else. If we're gonna um, real, it's one thing to make a video and release a video, and then I can redo or uh, make a new video two or three days later, and a new video two or three. That's different than this. So even though uh, I know it's not going to be perfect, this is something I don't want to go in half-ass. If I make a half-ass video, first of all, it wasn't in the beginning. I, I never had an intention to make a half-ass video, but you know, they can, it can be seen that way. If I look back to those first few videos now, I can say, oh man, could there, I've done so much better and that was just junk. Um, but I don't think that. It was what I knew at the time and what I, uh, my experience level at the time. And so uh, again, I learned from that and grew. But for this, you know, a two day event, especially where we're going to be asking people to set aside time on their calendar and, you know, to dig in and pay attention for, uh, you know, <laughs> A good portion of their their time that's something I, that I take very seriously and so we just knew that was going to be rushing it a little bit too much give ourselves some breathing room let's make sure we get everything as close to perfect as possible we still know there's going to be something else but we also know if we run another one in October then then we can tweak and grow from there um, but this one right now is running along a lot smoother a lot more progress uh, we're, you know, we're coming down as actually it's a week away now. And, you know, there's things that we have to get done. I mean, we, we met for two hours yesterday on everything that just had to be done this week, you know, period. It's got, it has to be done. And, you know, as I work on slides and the presentation and, and, you know, the portion of everything that goes on, I'm still tweaking. I will probably be tweaking slides up until the night before and maybe even the morning of. But that's okay. I have the uh, have the the overall format, the flow, so some tweaks here and there and adding something in is definitely a lot easier now because I can tweak and as I go, but you know, starting out seemed like a pretty daunting task, but I had to sit down uh, last weekend, no, the weekend before um, the weekend before Saturday and Sunday, you know, I spent almost eight hours Saturday and Sunday just putting that together. And that's what it took. I mean, this is a much more 
sizable project and but after those two days I had a really good layout and so that made me very comfortable I understand what's going on the flow you know can run it by the team um, get some feedback make some changes and then I'm now that gives me um, all last week this week a uh, couple of weeks now to just tweak and, and improve that but still whenever we go live next week it's still going to be the first time that I run through all of this so I still have a portion of, uh, of uncertainty or knowing what exactly is going to happen. But at the same time, I'm confident in my material and what I'm working on. And, and so it's just a matter of uh, value. I mean, that's the biggest concern I have is just providing true value to people, especially whenever they're going to hang out for, for two days. So that's a lot. And is two days the right amount? I don't know. Um, I know some people that do this over three days. We thought three days could be too much. Could two days be too much? I don't know. Can we do this in one day? Should we do one long eight-hour day versus two six-hour days? I, I don't know. You know, we, we just don't know those answers, so we have to give it a try and see, see what we can make work. Um, you know, for us and, and, and mainly to provide the value for the people that will be in attendance. So we know we've got quite a bit of a um, register so far, so we're looking forward to that. And overall, we want to deliver. So, you know, I would say just uh, going back to um, working on your channel, very simple. I mean, we talked about consistency. We talked about having a plan. Uh, we talked about staying up to date. I mean, once you get the bulk of this out of the way in the beginning, which is why, uh, you know, we really encourage people to start out. If they're starting out their channel, if you start out with three videos a week, you're going to really develop muscle memory a lot sooner than later. And that's and you're going to just get through a lot of those bumps and bruises early on and much faster than if you did two or one video a week. And so even if it's only for the first one, two, three, or four months that you commit to those three videos a week, I think that's much better. It's easier to scale back and, and, uh, and, and gain momentum in the beginning versus starting at one video a week that could take a little bit longer for traction. And I mean, I'm not saying that it won't happen, but it could take longer for it to happen unless you just come out with some killer video right from the get-go. Uh, but that usually doesn't happen. And so if you do that less, then it just takes um, more time for you to develop more videos. I mean, think about it. I could put out 12 videos in one month. Then somebody that does one video a week, it could take them um, three months to put out 12 videos. And I could do that in one month. Do you think I'm going to have better muscle memory, more practice, a better understanding of what to do, what to do differently, and am I consolidating the opportunity for that many people or even that many more people to see that content in a month time frame, in a one month time frame versus three months. So now if I do that consistently over the first three, four months, I'm giving myself a really solid base, getting uh, my practice in there, and then if I scale back to two videos a week, or maybe even one, well, I think that's a, a, a better game plan than just starting out slow. Now, I do know somebody that started out one video a week, but it took uh, well over eight months for them to you know close the first deal. But that's all they wanted to do. Now, once they did that and more traction started to come in, they said, okay, yeah, I've got to do more. I'm going to make more videos. And that's usually what happens is people that start out 
uh, slower in the beginning will increase to two or three anyways. But I would say, hey, just come out of the gate uh, swinging. Come out of the gate swinging and, you know, get through that. Get through the, the practice the, the practice runs, the practice reps, um, and and really provide yourself an opportunity to be, you know, to get traction from the beginning uh, a lot sooner rather than later. And if it doesn't happen in the first three, keep going. You know, that's the other thing. I always ask people is, you know, how long do you have left in your real estate career? <laughs> and they'll be like, well, I don't know, 5, 10, 15 years. Okay, well, that's how long you should make videos for. Uh, that that should be your your plan, uh, not necessarily. Oh, I'll do it. Uh, I'm going to give it a try for three months, or I'll do you know 15 videos or 20 videos. I mean, if you set yourself up parameters like that, it's going to be probably difficult to to you know gain traction from there. Plus, the the mindset is just going to be always toying with you as far as. All right, do I? you know, keep moving forward. Is this the time to stop? Well, I'm not seeing much traction, but again, if you set something in place and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this work, uh, regardless. It's just a matter of time. That's really what it comes down to is, uh, not if, but when, and those timelines are just different for different people. And I, I spoke with somebody the other day that really did well. Um, really did well in the beginning now that the transactions are down markets uh, backed off they're getting some calls for rentals a little bit more than than home purchases they want to they want to quit and i'm like oh you've got a successful channel you've done i mean multiple multiple six figures in gci i'm i'm, I'm completely baffled and blown away and they're like well we want to just want to shift focus to something else and it's like well you know, this is this is temporary, in my opinion. This market, these interest rates, it is temporary. Uh, you know, we'll see what's what's going to happen. Uh, maybe not anytime soon. Uh, maybe over the next three, six, nine months, we might still be at these interest rates. But if these interest rates drop any amount, I mean, we're going to see a flood come back into the market, and the people with the most established YouTube channels. Are going to win. So if you continually create content now, especially when it's hard and the market is different, then it's only going to position position yourself better whenever the market does come back, and it will come back. Is that going to take six months, nine months, a year? Well, maybe, but are you willing to do that? I mean, what is what are your other options? You going to cold call and door knock? Well, okay, do that. Um, host open houses, sure, do that too. But what's what's the big deal about making a, a couple of videos per week? I mean, it's really not that hard. Uh, and if I've been able to maintain that, especially with the amount of travel that I've done and having uh, the passive prospecting channel and doing things like this <laughs> where, uh, you know, today I've got this clubhouse. I've got a 12 o'clock webinar. I've got a coaching call. I've got another appearance for Champion School of Real Estate. Then I'm going to have to film short form content today. And then we do our Living in Dallas Live tonight on Tuesdays. I mean, so my whole day today is content. Um, and sometimes you just got to consolidate like that. But I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm doing this podcast. I'm going to do a webinar. I'm going to be on a coaching call going to do a presentation for champion school of real estate which is awesome i got um, two hours blocked for filming short form and 
and a podcast um, for tonight, and the the Living in Dallas podcast. We you know we're we're doing that live and we're turning those into podcasts for our market. So you know, and that's just one day. And sometimes maybe uh, you know if you don't have to do, you don't have to do a passive prospecting <laughs> podcast. You don't have to do a webinar. You don't have to present to champions. And so uh, could you take an hour? To, to make a live video, which guess what? A live video, you don't have to edit. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to really do much there. So if you can cover some market stats and data and an update, I mean, if you just did that once a week live, you don't have to worry about anything. You could do that for free. You could publish that, get it going. Uh, you could repurpose it into a podcast and that way you could have a podcast for your area. And you'd be surprised. Um, people would listen to podcasts, and maybe they don't have time to jump on YouTube or think about it. But if they do a lot of driving or commuting or, or you know, heading to the office, that just might be easier for them to listen to a podcast about what's going on in the market. And if you can at least, uh, you know, base your channel on on one live video a week that you don't have to worry about editing, and then that allows you to make another video or two per week that would be your three videos a week and so you know maybe you you can afford an editor for two videos a week but you want to do three well that's a really simple alternative is to just add a live into your weekly into your weekly uh, content and then guess what you start it and stop it so if you dedicate 30 minutes 45 minutes an hour to that live that's about as long as it's going to take maybe now I would recommend study a little bit, read some articles or, or your market reports and data before you jump on there so you have a good idea of what's going on. But otherwise, then it's it's something very simple you could do. Um, so let me see. I'm going to check over to the chat. Uh, Chrissy, anything you wanted to add in there? Nope, sorry, I couldn't find the unmute button for a second. <laughs> no, I just think overall, um, you know, YouTube channels usually suck because of small adjustments that aren't made. But I always say that YouTube is also a sum of a lot of compilations of efforts. And so if you're not doing a lot of the small things, you're not making those little adjustments, you're not doing your testing, you know, you're not keeping up with, with the up-to-date SEO practices and things like that, you're going to fall behind. And a lot of times it's something small, a very small adjustment that you can make quickly that can turn your entire channel around. I've seen that happen over and over again with our editing clients where they've been doing something wrong, maybe the wrong type of content or the wrong type of targeting, or maybe they weren't doing any keyword research or, you know, we've done some little tweaks with that and all of a sudden they're getting views, they're getting subscribers, they're getting calls on their channel. And so it's usually a very small adjustment. So if you feel like your YouTube channel is just not doing something, take a step back and see what little things you can tweak. And usually that will make a massive difference. Yeah, that's a, thank you. Uh, yep. That's a good point. So, so yeah, I mean, we work on a lot of stuff all the time and always learning, always growing. Let me see. Let me look, uh, what's up, Anita, Anita from Guelph, Ontario. Good to see you. feel like we haven't spoken in a while, but thank you. She welcomed me to Canada. I'll be back there tomorrow. Uh, Mary says, what info does the QR code give them? It just takes them to a link. So, you know, if they scan our QR code, it's going to take them to our our, our uh, Zoom survey. You know, they're going to fill out a quick survey, tell us what they're looking for, and then uh, book a call. And that's how they get on our Zoom. Uh, let me see. 
Kim says, will the two-day class be recorded for those in class? Only if you upgrade to VIP. Then you'll get access to the recordings. Uh, All right. So Mary says she's uh, been working on it for three to four months and feels like uh, she's so... Uh, we'll take a look, Mary, see what's going on. And, you know, sometimes it just depends on the market, the situation. I mean, this market right now, uh, something I want to stress too is, you know, Jonathan Hernandez in California, you know, started his channel last year right when uh, the market shifted, as soon as all the interest rates doubled overnight, you know, and that's just, it wasn't the ideal time to start the channel, but he did it anyways. And it took him, uh, you know, four or five months to get the first deal. But he did that, and then all of a sudden, it just snowballed. It compounds. And I, it's just something about getting that first deal. It just, maybe it's the belief. Maybe it's people's, uh, you know, their mindset shifts, their motivation shifts, their under, I mean, just something about getting that first deal. And we've seen it, uh, we've seen people do it within 30 days. We've had one person, took them nine months nine months to get the first deal closed. And do you think he wanted to quit? Yes. <laughs> Actually, he wanted to quit real estate altogether. Uh, right before that, he saw me speak at Build and he was literally a couple of weeks away. His name is Andy, Andy Hollis in Gulf Shores, Alabama. He's told me literally uh, two weeks away from getting out of the business, had been in real estate for 10 years, completely tired of just buying leads, um, chasing after those leads, trying to convert them, just felt like it was a rat race for, for 10 years. And he came from car sales and he loved the fact that somebody could walk into his car lot and he could pretty much close them that day on a car, you know, a very short sales cycle. So he, he just enjoyed that. Here he's like, man, I just felt like I was working with clients for two, three, four, five, six months, it seemed like. And so after 10 years, he was completely burnt out, buying leads, chasing after them. Saw me speak. He just said, look, that was, that was a shift for me. It just changed my mindset on marketing and what I was doing and also made me realize that that was something that I could do. Never made video before, but he's like, I, I, that sounds attractive to me and started to implement and Gulf Shores Alabama is not the largest real estate market in the country and took them took them 9 months to close the first deal and over the next 2 months after that 5 million dollars in production now uh, within 2 months and I didn't ask him, but that might be more than he has done in a year before, um, in the previous 10 years. So you think about that. So and it, and we see this all the time. It's just something about the people that get that first deal under contract, it just starts to compound. Same thing with Jonathan, nothing for five or six months, worst um, timing to start the channel in that type of market, August, September of 2022, but stuck with it. And now, uh, you know, after that did close to 200,000 in commissions in the last three, four months, you know, and so and and he's in a state like he says everybody's leaving my state but he's still able to capture some of that market and so again it's just not a matter of of if but when those that stay consistent stick with it and just really work through everything they they can to to do that it, it's going to fall into place markets are different uh, people are different channels i mean I, we're dealing with a lot there's it seems like five channels a day are popping up in dallas 
you know, and that's mostly our fault. <laughs> so, uh, but I can't stop people from doing that. So what do I have to do? I have to create better content. That's what I got to work on and, and be able to capture that market. Uh, Preston, same thing. Preston did nothing for quite some time was in our backyard. So, well, he's still in our backyard, you know, and on pace to do 500,000 in GCI this year after nothing for the first six, seven months. So who's going to stick it out? Who's going to stay with it? And who's going to just keep working and make it a part of their business uh, regardless? So, but we have seen it range from anywhere from a month to, to nine months. I think Andy's the longest that I know of that it took something to fall into place, but it just, uh, once it did, it just starts happening. I do believe that's part of the law of attraction. Uh, people talk about law of attraction all the time, but your attitude, your, your, uh, your spirit, it's just, you know, you're going to attract that. And if you start to get concerned and get worried and, and frustrated, I think it's one of those things, uh, they, they call that in, in the sales game, they call it commission breath, right? <laughs> Whenever, when people, when the sales people start getting desperate, they get commission breath and they're like, I got to do anything I can to get a commission. And, uh, but once you, if you're closing deals, it's like, why are the, the, the top performers just seem to close deals effortlessly? It's mainly because they, um, they're just in a groove. They're in that flow state. They're just, uh, they're not worried about the next deal, so they're 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 focused more on service and helping people, and so you know that's that's where we want to be. We we want to just stay focused and keep moving forward on on building what we want to do. So all right, well I think um, that brings us to a close today. So hopefully you found some value in it. We did pin the link at the top. You can go to backstage.passiveprospecting. Dot com. Uh, if you want to get involved in our two-day event next week, we're going to be covering quite a bit. I'm really excited about that. So we won't have the podcast next week um, because I'm going to be doing a lot of talking, <laughs> a lot of talking over those two days. It's going to be on Zoom, uh, a lot of screen sharing. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of information. So really looking forward to that. So get your ticket. If you're listening to this after the fact, we may be having one coming up soon anyway, so just check backstage.passiveprospecting.com and we hope to see you on YouTube. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. If you're interested in partnering with us to access our YouTube course and coaching at no cost, schedule a call at passiveprospectingpartner.com.